HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. hosted by Greenhorns and sponsored by Hearst Family Ranch in California. Today I'm joined on the telephone by Taiko Dan from Cayuga, Cayuga Organic Beans and Other Things. Dan, Taiko, are you there? Hi. Hi there. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, so maybe you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and um, what you're doing and where you're doing it and, um, um, and how you got there. Okay, um, and like me personally, or do you want to know my the farm first, or you can start wherever you want, but maybe you personally would be a good place. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll try. I'll try to. I'll try to make. I'll try to do the short version. Um, my name is Tycho Dan. Um, I have uh, been um, working in the farm or natural foods industry for most of my life. Um, my first job when I was 16 was at a health food store um, on the south side of Chicago, which is where I was uh, born and raised. Not, not known for its uh, uh, agricultural um, <laughs> contributions, but, um, yeah, and I never, I never would have known um, growing up uh, in, a, in, the, you know, in the inner city of a, of a huge um, metropolis that I would end up being drawn into farming. 
Um, so I've been, uh, been with Cayuga Pure Organics uh, for about two years now. And um, I, I was, one of the reasons I was hired was because I've done a lot of marketing, um, working in the retail sector. Um, and again, that's more natural foods type stuff. Um, but I've also uh, done a lot of transportation jobs. Um, and I, I feel like uh, this position for me um, was sort of accidentally my life's purpose. Um, because I started thinking about the work I've done in my life, usually either driving or with food and sometimes both. Um, like I used to deliver pizzas once for a while. Um, and, and I started to realize that, um, you know, my function has sort of always been, um, you know, identifying good, healthy food and bringing it to people um, in some form or another. And that's, that's basically what I do now. Um, I, worked, I worked a lot in the field um, when I first started with the farm, um, and that was in 2008. We had a bumper crop that year. It was, it was just a fantastic year. Um, and I really um, I learned a lot about a different type of farming, um, which is orga- organic field crop agriculture. And that is the type of agriculture, type of farming, that Cayuga Pure Organics um, does. So um, I was expanding out of sort of diversified vegetable, um, sort of the standard model um, when people talk about organic farms, um, into this new thing. Um, And um, at that time, we were mainly doing wholesale business, through um, distribution companies, and it was at the end of that year that um, June Russell from the Green Markets contacted us and asked if we knew that we were eligible to sell at the Green Markets in New York City and if we would like to come down and check it out. And the timing was just perfect because here we were, um, sitting on gobs and gobs of c- certified organic uh, goodness. And, um, you know, and here was the largest farmer's market system that I know of in the world, um, giving us a personal invitation, uh, you know, into their, into their system, giving us, you know, a guaranteed market if we should, you know, decide to come and market our products in New York City. So I came down and checked it out checked it out. And that was the beginning of my transition into being more of a marketing and distribution slash, you know, logistics operations type of a role. Um, I came down and I met with some distributors and I checked out the farmer's market. And I, I, I also met with some slow food people too, because I felt that, um, I mean, my experiences in the natural food industry and, as a, and how that, that definitely, um, that blends with, you know, the locavore slow food movement for sure. I knew that that, that, that sort of activist um, element was going to be very important for us to, um, you know, to, uh, to, to get the support of, um, that we are in a values-based, um, business sector, and you know we, we, we really have to walk the talk. 
So, so um, do you mind describing you know, those the operation? Because people might ahead. not know. Oh, sorry. Would you mind describing the operation? Because our listeners might not yet know exactly what you mean by our gobs of organic goodness. What does Cayuga produce? Yeah. Okay. Cayuga Pure Organics, um, we're located just outside of Ithaca, New York which is in uh, the Finger Lakes region, and it's known for its um, agricultural richness. And, and, and by that I mean just the, the soil and the climate and uh, lots of, of good, clean water, um, uh, particularly known for, for wine products, actually. Um, and we, we produce um, certified organic beans, grains, which includes corn, and soybeans. Um, and there's a, that's a lot of different products, actually, when you, when you write it all down on a list. I mean, we have, we have like a dozen different varieties of dry beans, and that's not including three varieties of soybeans. We have um, buckwheat, rye, oats, barley, three or four different kinds of wheat, including spelt. We also grow emmer which the Italians call farro. It's the, it's the mother of all wheat products. Um, we make a product called frica, which is a Middle Eastern culinary term, and it's a kind of a roasted green uh, wheat berry. So we also, we also do some processing, and, you know, we try to, you know, we've been, I think we've been really innovation, you know, um, in, in, you know, taking the raw materials, these beans and grains, um, and processing them into, um, uh, you know, stuff, stuff that's really interesting and new. I mean, I don't know of, I don't know of any um, uh, domestically produced Frica uh, product, uh, let alone certified organic. So, so, so 2008 was a great year, and you started going to the market, and it really expanded your direct connection with the, with the eaters, but was it, what happened this year? Well, this year was um, an absolute disaster. Um, like, if there could be a polar opposite of our year in 2008, you know, that would be 2009. Um, we've, we've, we've gotten uh, confirmation from the field managers now that the dry bean harvest, the dry bean um, crops uh, were a complete failure. Every single variety of dry bean that we grew um, did not produce a, a, um, a, a mentionable harvest. Um, we're, we're, we're literally in the fields picking some stuff by hand just for like our families. Um, and, and of course that's not, that's not cost effective. Um, so uh, we, we did get a good harvest of grains Fortunately, because, um, you know, we're not in a strong financial position right now. We really invested a lot in building a distribution infrastructure in New York City. Um, so we're not in a strong position to be able to handle a big blow like this. Um, insurance is really not going to cover, I'd say, I calculated we lost about $100,000 worth of product from the dry beans, and I think so far we're looking to get like fifteen or 20000 um, compensated to us for that. So there's a huge gap now um, in our budget for next year that we're going to have to really double our efforts as far as being creative and innovating and, um, 
And I think processing is going to be the angle for us where we can add value to the products we have since we have more finite quantities this year. So you don't have very much um, stock over the winter, so people who are in the city wouldn't necessarily want to be going out and buying beans because there's not that many in the pipeline. Is that correct? Well, we do have um, black beans, um, like basically forever. We don't expect to run out of those. That's the good news. Um, we're not dissuading anyone from buying beans. I mean, we we you know we're gonna we're gonna sell out um, probably in the first quarter of next year. Um, but you know that's no reason to to not buy them. I mean, I'd say get them while you can. Um, you know, and and you know part of what I'm trying to do now is sort of get some attention. You know, that's why I think this like things like this radio show are really important. Um, get some attention and just raise awareness around um, the issues that we're dealing with as one of the only organic field crop farms in New York, one of the only um, that services um, the New York culinary uh, scene um, in a wholesale, you know, a meaningful wholesale uh, way. Um, and just trying, to, just trying to tell our story because, I mean, I feel like you know, we're, we're, I'm very much trying to turn lemons into lemonade. I mean, we're, um, one of the things we've been working on this month is a wall calendar as a way to directly connect people in a face-to-face way with our farmers, um, who also happen to be very attractive young men, coincidentally. Um, so we're trying Funny to both... Yeah, you know, it works out. Uh, we're definitely marketing to, you know, like, um, to women um, and um, younger women who we haven't actually, we haven't been able to get, get a, lot of, um, a lot of popularity with, with, with young women um, for some reason. that I, I don't know what it is about. Beans are not very sexy, maybe, you know, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think they're sexy, but, um, but so it, it, it just about, it seemed like a good this. way for us to um, get some attention, um, make, you know, make a little money, and, you know, try to point out our, you know, talk about the values and the mission, you know, why we're here. So you guys are growing. So, so from a food systems perspective, what's important for me about what you're doing is that you're filling up the bulk bins in the co-op that I shop at um, with food that's produced locally and on a, you know, medium scale. And, one of the things that we talk a lot about um, in food systems discussions is the importance of having medium-scale producers of more than just vegetables and the critical importance of the processing and distribution angles. And so, so th- this is what we usually, um, we usually run into kind of a, an empty spot in the middle of the production scale, and you guys are in that middle spot. Explain a little bit, if you would, what are the advantages of being kind of medium scale? And, and then what are the vulnerabilities? Like you guys are competing with the big, with the big grain producers out in the um, western states. And, and to some extent in Canada, there's a lot of um, organic soybeans coming yeah. out of Canada. Yeah, that's so, a so very good question. The, like, and and I think that that's also that's a, that's a difficult question. I'll try to answer it briefly. Um, first of all, there's different, there's, there's 
several different aspects to our operation, um, and we've been able to integrate them vertically in a sort of an elegant way, which is which is uh, one of the strong advantages of our model. Um, so you know we're farming, and we're also processing, and we're also distributing, um, and we're even retailing. Uh, if you consider farmers markets to be a retail environment, um, and so so that is definitely um, a, a, a unique situation um, as a medium-scale producer um, as well. And um, I think that it's really, it's, a, it's, it's sort of a package deal as I look at it. Um, you can't make this business model work unless you have all of those pieces. So, you know, the retail farmer's market piece is absolutely essential. We don't have a marketing budget. We cannot afford to pay for advertising, and yet most people in the slow food movement in New York City um, know who we are. And that's that's I give I give seventy five percent of the credit of that to um, the green market, and um, so so there's a lot of exposure that we get from that. Um, we actually don't make any off off of the farmers markets, believe it or not. Um, one of the things that we believe in is trying to remain accessible um, and, and, in other words, be a good value for people. Uh, I honestly can't afford to buy all of my vegetables at the farmer's market with the salary that I get paid. Um, and so, it's, you know, that's something that's very immediately apparent to me is, is that, you know, if we're, if we're a boutique thing that's just, you know, a for the bourgeoisie, then we're not really fulfilling our mission, you know, to rebuild the local food system for everyone, not, not just rebuild the local food system for rich people. Um, then, you know, the wholesale business, because we do six to ten farmers markets a week, there's an incredible amount of infrastructure we, we have to have in New York, a warehouse and trucks and, you know, staff people. So when, you know, to go to all the trouble to, 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 to build that infrastructure, it's not a whole lot, you know, more investment to, to go the next step and have your own wholesale distribution. So that's, that, that definitely, and we do make money off of the wholesale. So, you know, that's kind of the bread and butter piece of it. And, um, you know, and again, most of the restaurants that we have wholesale, um, uh, relationships with, found out about us through the farmer's market. Um, and also, uh, again, the slow food movement. Um, the, the Brooklyn Food Conference in May of this year was uh, a fantastic event. I was so impressed. And it was, it, it, it was, it was a really fun time, and we met a lot of, of our strongest partners there. Um, so, and, then, and then having your own distribution is really, really valuable for a farm because the distributors are not subject to market fluctuations of farming or weather fluctuations of farming. So, you know, if the prices go up and down, they, they, you know, they make their margin either way. Um, they never have crop failures. And so distributors have become the gatekeepers to the food markets um, in a general sense. 
Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are the closest people to the end customers. So the value in having a direct relationship with the people who have the money is very high. Um, and, if, and, and so the more that farms can work directly with their buyers, um, the more control they're going to have and the better they're going to be treated. One of the most common things that distributors will do to farmers is start to muscle them down in pricing. And they're very good at that. You know, they're very good negotiators. They're very good at convincing you that your product isn't worth what you need to get for it. Um, and that was certainly our experience here. We, we, we have always sold directly to restaurants for more than our distributors, which sounds kind of strange. Um, but it's what we found is, what I found as a marketing person is that it's almost a commodity in itself to deal directly with a farmer in New York City right now. There's a sense of, um, there's a heartening sense of, of, of purpose in buying, you know, your wholesale supplies directly from the person who grew it in a, in a, in a responsible, organic manner. Um, and so, you know, it, I've lost customers to my distributors in the past, um, but, you know, I also, I also see who's really loyal, who really is in this for the principle rather than, you know, the trend, because obviously it's an extremely hot trend and one of the only facets of our economy that's still growing right now. So it seems like your strategy is, is going in directly and bypassing the, the distributor um, cut, which is a ballsy move and um, is not necessarily an avenue open to, to smaller-scale producers. Um, one thing That's when you true. The, when, you, when you brought up the, um, the, the bougie marketing um, part of things, it, it reminded me of, a comment that I made once when I spoke with, uh, or I, I asked a question of the CEO of Whole Foods, and he was saying that um, he was saying that people were just as able to buy beans and rice at Whole Foods as they were to buy, um, you know, prepared sandwiches. And I wonder, do you sell um, bulk beans and um, grains to Whole Foods, and do you, do they make a bigger markup on those? Than other stores, um, we we have um, we recently um, made a deal with Whole Foods um, as far as just the, the the numbers and the the logistics. Nothing is signed, but um, you know, and I think that I think that we need to have another conversation with them because you know we were we were under the impression that we would have some beans from the 2009 season. So we need to you know we need to revisit. The, uh, our deal, but um, but in general, um, I was very resistant to even talking to Whole Foods because I am I am philosophically in disagreement with their CEO on many things that I consider really important, um, and I'm not particularly interested in helping them improve their image, you know, by dealing, you know, I mean, this is a clear, this is an exactly a case in point of what I'm talking about, that, that, that dealing directly with a farmer is, is, a, is, a, is a, it's a value that people are willing to literally pay for. 
Um, and Whole Foods is, is no exception to that. Um, you know, they called me, and, I, and I, I, I put them off. I said, you know, I said, I'm busy right now. I'll call you back. I didn't call them back. Um, and they, they hounded me for so long. I went on vacation, and um, there was, like, three messages on my voicemail when I came back. And I was like, well, I should at least have a conversation, even if I don't you know, agree with their CEO, you know, this is still, it's an appropriate, you know, you, when, you're, when you're in the business world, you, you know, you have to do things, not necessarily by a playbook, but, but I think that, you know, you have to treat everyone with dignity, even, you know, even if you don't agree with their philosophy. And um, so I, I talked with um, one of their regional uh, buyers, and I was so impressed at the level of support that they were willing to offer us. And quite frankly, they, they made, they made us, um, an offer that we just couldn't say no to. I mean, it was literally like they basically, you know, I brought up three or four issues. One of them being, could we distribute direct to them? And another being, you know, what's the price going to be? What's your margin? You know, all of those questions. And they basically were like, yes to everything name your price, name our, re- our retail price. Um, I mean, they were like, we need to make a certain margin. Their margin is high. It's certainly higher than any of the co-ops in town. Um, you know, but there, there's also, I think, just from a business standpoint, there's a reason that Whole Foods is number one, um, and that is because they do a very, very efficient job at running their natural foods business. And they, they are, similarly to a distributor, they are the gatekeeper to a whole lot of customers with a whole lot of money. The difference is, is that they, as, as, a, as a company that is operating much more in the public, much more in the light of day, they're going to be a lot more... Um, influenced by PR issues and stuff like that. You know, their image is really important, their public image. So, so I'm not giving them necessarily, like, credit in saying Whole Foods has gobs of integrity, but I think that the nature of their business environment is they're, they're going to want to be very supportive of small farmers or medium-scale farmers, local farmers. Um, they're, you know, because, you know, any new producer that they're going to bring in is going to help them to, you know, to, to, to be considered the place to go for local. Well, it's cool that, you, that your product is going to be there, and I'm, I'm glad that they were treating you with dignity and taking your, taking your product. That's a really important sign um, that I think is... Yeah, and, and it's not just them buying our product, them. too. They really, they really want to see us succeed, and they're, you know, they're going to give us, like, marketing support, and, you know, I'm talking about, you know, doing, you know, they'll, they'll sell the calendars for us, the wall calendars, and we might even have, if there's enough interest, might, like, do a calendar signing event where people can come and meet the farmers. So I mean, they, they, you know, I do think there are business reasons for it, but the level of support that they're that they're offering us is remarkable. Well, I would think that's a great thing, and the only thing I would suggest if Whole Foods is listening, that maybe they would put a little tiny, you know, like one third of a percent tax on the sandwiches and um, chocolate soy milk, and put that put that tax towards supporting 
um, local beans and rice and apples and oats and that kind of thing. That's my only suggestion for Whole Foods. Well, that's, you know, that's an interesting issue in itself. I mean, honestly, I think that Whole Foods really, really wants people to buy more whole, raw foods that they cook from scratch, and I think that there's just only so much they can do about it. I mean, they actually wanted to get us in bulk, and I was sort of against them carrying bulk um, because I feel like their their customers, I mean, just from my experiences retailing in New York, I mean, I mean, co-op shoppers want bulk. But the retail, you know, natural foods, they, everybody gets, they just grab a bag and go, you know. So we, we're setting up a, a retail package program for Whole Foods. But the reason I'm saying this is that they really wanted to carry bulk from us, and they really wanted to encourage people to buy bulk. And, you know, and I just had to tell them, look, it's just too difficult. You know, um, it, it takes away from the streamlining of, of what we're doing, and it, it would just be a big hassle, not to mention, you know, um, the prices of the co-op are, are very, very good. And, you know, the price difference, you know, you, you have to be careful uh, of, where, of where your pricing is around town and make sure that it aligns. So you've got this whole little set of expertise of marketing and logistics and figuring out how to streamline the experience of the customer, profile the customer who goes to each of different stores, you know, really finessing um, what turns out to be little bits of money here and there that add up to, you know, either profitable or, un- or not profitable. Where do you think that... Yeah, I'm a mechanic, too. I can fix the tractors. That's I'm telling you, this is like destiny. This is like my dream job. So, Except I only get paid eleven bucks an hour, but that's the only downside. <laughs> well, you hopefully that'll change one day. The world, so you know, things are a little. I know. I just came down from Ithaca. I was up working um, on the USDA um, beginning farmer and rancher um, working group, and I was just really impressed with the quality of life up there. And you know, the prices of food in the co-op are really low, and everybody was having a nice time. I thought, wow, this is a good thing. And the young farmer movement is enormous there. I mean, there are so many young people um, getting hitched and making babies and sprouting foods and, you know, starting farms. Um, so I think that's, that's one of the reasons we've attracted a lot of, you know, young people to our organization, too, um, because a lot of young people are, you know, starkly aware of the challenges that we face in, you know, the coming generations as far as, you know, um, becoming less toxic and more sustainable in how we live. And, um, you know, that's another thing that I've found to be you know, I, I always, I'm sorry if it seems like I'm, I'm a, like a materialist because I often talk when it's a business, you know, conversation, I often talk in terms of value, money, commodity, that type of thing, you know, but, but that's just, that's just the, the, the language I'm speaking, you know. But, um, but what I was going to say is that um, working for our company is almost a commodity in itself, you know, so people are willing to work. For 11 bucks an hour in, in New York City, um, and our staff in New York at the farmer's markets, it's all young people, they're willing to do it because it's really hard to find a job in New York where you can feel good about what you're doing. 
extremely hard, especially if you're just coming out of college and you're looking for something. Um, so, so you know, I mean, we're not. I'm not trying to exploit anyone, but we've only got so much money that we can that we can pay people. And I've been really impressed, not only in the 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 caliber of of skill and talent that we've been able to attract, but the level of dedication that that our people ha- um, have shown for what they're doing. I mean, we we cook samples up every week for the farmers market and. A couple of my, you know, a couple of my people, and I, and I think of, I think of them as friends. It's almost like we're a big group of friends who's like on a team trying to get this thing done that is, you know, moving this wonderful organic food to people. Um, so we're we're cooking up samples every week, and I'm just amazed at at, at the creativity and the uh, the motivation. You know, I mean, Sophie is one of our main people. She was like, I'm gonna cook up pumpkin pies from scratch for the farmer's market. I'm going to use your flour for the crust, and I'm going to use your pumpkins for the pulp. And, you know, and I was just, I was just blown away. So, you know, it's, so it's definitely... So the story is, if you want to have really awesome employees um, that are super dynamic, don't, don't, don't be a bad company. Be a good company. <laughs> yeah, be a co- good company and, and, and do something that's really worthwhile. And if you are a young person who is, you know, like motivated to do good work, lives in New York City, doesn't need to make, you know, a, a, a mega salary, um, we are expanding rapidly. You can find us on the web and, and contact me um, for job opportunities. Cool. So let's hear your website. And then um, if you have any um, final words on resources that you think would be useful for folks, um, who are interested in learning more about marketing and the logistics of medium-scale distributing, um, you're welcome to put those on, on as well. So what's your website and then okay. any other uh, resources that you want people to know about? Okay, yeah. Our website is um, cporganics.com, like C for Cayuga, P for Pure, Organics, plural, um, dot com, and or you can just Google Cayuga beans or something like that, and it'll pop right up. Um, it has listed uh, the farmers markets we're at and um, some other cool information, history and stuff, and contact info for me and others. Um, and and I guess you know, as far as like closing remarks, um, I feel so excited. Even despite the fact that we had a disastrous year in the field, um, I'm just when when your community supports you and wants to see you succeed, it's almost you you almost feel unstoppable. And even though you know we've gotten a lot of bad news in the last couple months, we've got a lot of amazing news as well. Um, for instance. Um, a, a local bakery on the Upper East Side called Ore Washers. It's the oldest artisan bakery in New York City. And the owner there, Keith Cohen, has a real drive um, from, you know, internal motivation to, to um, engage local suppliers, support the local food system. Um, and we've developed together a bread product, the ultimate local whole wheat loaf that we're going to be able to bring to the farmer's markets hopefully before the end of the year. 
Um, so that's what I'm talking about. We're processing, we're partnering, we're adding value to our products, we're bringing more and more things to the market. And because our products are the raw materials for so many things, um, there's a huge potential um, for us there. So, um, but the fact that there is so much excitement for what we're doing and for, for eating local in general, I think, I think that it's a really great time um, to engage in this movement, even, that, even just as a customer. Um, there's more and more fantastic products to choose from at the farmer's markets every week. Um, and, um, but, but also, um, I think that, that, that organic farming is really hot right now. And, you know, people who are looking to turn a corner, maybe go a new direction in their life, um, money is not that important. Feeling good about what you do is, is priceless. Um, so I, w- I would definitely say now is a great time to get involved in organic farming scene in New York. Well, thank you so much, Tycho, and I thank you all for listening. If you're interested in getting involved in the food and farming sector, there's so many different ways you can approach it and, and so many different places you can make a career. So hopefully you'll all get in touch with Tycho at the farmer's market and check out their foods and learn as much as you can about doing what you love. Thank you. This is Greenhorns Radio every Thursday. See you next week. Didn't stay so come